Because I think it's that whole thing of like, it's somehow we feel like we're working or doing something right if we are chastising ourselves. Like we are, we are earning our keep. Because what would it, like, it's so radical to be like, no, I like myself. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Jema. Hi, everybody. I am so excited to be here with my extremely talented friend, Danielle Beinstein, who is a psychic astrologer and meditation teacher. We have known each other for at least six years and have gone through many different chapters of our lives uh, as friends. And I'm just so grateful to have her here today with me. She is a very grounded astrologer. So if that is something that you don't know much about or that's a world that you're kind of wary of dipping your toe into, she is a beautiful entree into that world. She has a very grounded nature. She was um, a New Yorker. She grew up in New York, uh, was educated there. She was in the film industry and more of the art scene. And then from her own interest in healing was led into the astrology world. And then as we all do, we fuse different aspects of our life and then walk a new path of our work. So it's really been cool to see her journey and have walked next to her and really, really grateful to have her here today. And what I also think is amazing in the way that she works is she will do your astrological sign with your partner's astrological sign, and then also with your children. So it can be a really nice marker and gift to give yourself when you're partnering up or when you have a kid, when you have an additional kid, because we each come in with our own natal charts. And then we also have, you know, as your family expands, we all are giving to that new group together. So it's really helpful to see how all of our different pieces and personalities work together. And I personally just got a new reading um, since Goldie Wolf is on the map now. And it was pretty cool to see the way that we're all very similar in some ways and very different in other ways. And then how to work with that information. Because for me, knowledge is power. And the more I know, the more it helps me. And then I can let go of the things that are no longer serving me. So I hope that you enjoy our talk and you can find her, uh, I'll have show notes, but you can find her at danielbeinstein.com and she's also on Instagram at Danny Beinstein and she she really gives amazing moon coverage as well for the new moon and the full moon and she's someone that I really look to for that information because I get overwhelmed by like pages and pages of moon information and anyway it just really resonates with me each month and gives me just one or two thoughts per moon cycle and then I can really work with those so anyway I hope that you enjoy the lesson and thanks for being here bye good morning I'm here with Danielle Beinstein a good a good friend I'm so happy so you are a psychological astrologer. That is correct. It's so, I, I don't even know if that's a formal thing or it's just kind of the name I came up with. But um, my work is is less or not at all about the predictive nature of astrology, but more about the energy that we hold as souls having this very human experience and what, that energy reveals about what we're here to learn and master. I love that. So I say psychological astrologer because I think there is, there's a misunderstanding about astrologer or a lot of people think it's, it's 
quack or it's, you know, this or that, but underneath I'm really dealing with archetypes. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've and I been- think that what makes you so special is it's not airy fairy at all. Not that there's anything mm-hmm. wrong with that, but you're very grounded and that really comes across through your messages and it's applicable to life. You know, it just doesn't feel like, oh, these are the things, but they're kind of floating up here in the ethers. But especially for mothers and with young ones and married or with partners, like we need the things (laughs) to implement right now. (laughs) Totally. And it's really, really helpful. And I love that you work so much with the family unit. Can you talk a little bit about that? I do. So we don't exist in a vacuum, right? Even if we're unpartnered or we've yet to start a family or we're not going to be mothers, we are we still, in a kind of formal sense, right? Mm -hmm. We still are part of a larger system. And a system, I think there's something called constellation therapy, which looks at all the kind of relationships. Family constellation work, which I've done, it's fascinating. It's crazy. It looks amazing. At my master's in spiritual psychology, we had to do a genogram in our second year, which looked at a family family tree through a psychological lens. So... We carry these intergenerational patterns within us. And I see this even, this is so interesting. I see this even in adopted kids where there is what I call astrogenetics. So there's overlapping between parents and a child. For example, a lot of times I'll see that a parent, let's say, has a son in cancer. Their son is in cancer. And then their child has their rising in cancer because the rising sign is the conditioned mask. It's the personality that we develop to navigate our circumstances. That's so it arising? picks up. Yeah. So oh, it picks wow. up from the parent. Oh, this is how I'm meant to be in the world before it fully Whoa. integrates its son, its own son or other aspects. So I'll see that kind of patterning. So I, you know, it's we learn a lot about ourselves through the context of our upbringing. That's the other thing is like you know, I have clients all over the globe and we are shaped by our circumstances. Some people are shaped more than others by the tribe that they're born into. And I'll see that in a chart. I'll say, you have a chart that is either if there's a lot of cancer in the chart or there is a strong fourth house or really, you know, the moon is really dominant. Uh, That will be indicative of someone who has a very strong tie to their ancestry, whether conscious or not. Mm -hmm. So you you can't divorce one from the other, right? You can't say like, I am just a soul having a human experience without the context. Mm -hmm. So someone born prior to the fall of the Berlin Wall in Germany is going to feel the impact of that, right? right? And carry some of that energetic patterning Mm -hmm. within them, you know, versus someone who was born in Brazil or someone who, you know, was born in Australia. We... Or Africa, you know, there's just, there's... There's so many variables. Yeah. And I'm just thinking of like partnership, how it's not just the genetics <laughs> you're marrying, oh yeah. my God, or colliding with, it's all of the ast- astrological variables from their parents and how they were brought up and all of that. All of that. It's really interesting because I was raised, you know, in a very strong tribal culture in that I was raised in a Jewish household in Manhattan. So I'm like a classic Jewish New Yorker. Both my parents are Jewish and my partner is half Kiwi, half American, was not raised in cities, was (laughs) raised, you know, very much in the outdoors. And we come from very tribally different upbringings. And yet, because we've both done a lot of work on ourselves, we're able to communicate and find the ways in which our own conditioning has led us to a certain belief system. He's He actually is less tribal than I am because he grew up kind of all over. Whereas I have that strong imprint. I have very strong cancer in my chart and very strong fourth house. So that's an example. But yeah, so then, and of course, you know, it's like, communication. And that's another thing with astrology is you really start to, you can see someone's communication style. So if a client comes to me and they're like, I'm just having the hardest time with my partner, I'll say, well, you may not be conscious of the fact 
that you're an emotional communicator or you're a detached communicator. I'm booking an appointment with you, <laughs> stat. <laughs> I'm like raising my hand. Um, Did yeah. that answer the original question? Family. Yeah. So yeah, and just so, the, the their parents and yes, so that's one siblings. leg, and then you know which we were talking about recently, you and I, is that a soul comes in to be parented by an individual, but that soul has its own agenda, mm-hmm. right? And so often, you know, I'll have a client say to me, "I can't have a Pisces. I have a Pisces mother." I just can't, I can't, I need to do everything. And then what happens is, is that it's never just the sun sign. So even if they don't have a Pisces sun child, they'll have Pisces rising or Pisces moon because there's something innate in that energy that you're meant to learn from. Whatever we have the most resistance to, there's something in it for us. Usually it's a projection of some kind, something we haven't integrated or accepted within ourselves. So- a lot of times, you know, I'll have women who want to conceive or who are pregnant or who are adopting. And, you know, it's just kind of, it, it's it's having that conversation from a soul perspective mm-hmm. of, of whatever soul you're bringing in, they're, they're here to teach you. Yeah. As opposed to fit in a box that's comfortable for you. And I feel like that, I mean, it's, of course, you know, when I hear that, it's like, <laughs> yes, of course. But d- implementing that on the daily basis, like when you're trying to get out the door and late for school, it's just, or whatever it is, it's really hard to practice that. I mean, completely. But that's the work. I mean, that's the work of a conscious parent. Yeah, and conscious partner and conscious human yeah. being in this, you know. it. We're confronted with ourselves all the time mm-hmm. throughout the day. And it's really how we how we navigate that and how forgiving we are of ourselves, right? I feel like the more judgmental we are of ourselves, the more we lock in that behavior. And the other other thing that I find um, so interesting about family dynamics is the child is here to help the parent grow, right? So very often at a critical age in the parent's life. So let's say they had a trauma when they were seven. If they're, When their child reaches seven years old, it will trigger yeah. that unconscious or conscious material within them. Sometimes it's pre-verbal, yeah. right? That happened with me. That happened with Jemima. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm tearing up yeah. because it was so wild, the energy shift within me. It was when Jemima turned five. Yeah, And I was talking to, at a session with Anna Verwall. Do you know her? She's incredible. She does, she lived in LA for a long time. She's a doula and birth photographer and worked in hospitals. And anyway, she's, she's almost a psychologist mm-hmm. for birth. And so she can, she'll photograph and see even like the dad in the corner during the birth having an episode. And then it'll be like, stuff he didn't even know about from his own birth oh happening God. at the exact time that his wife's going through it. I know, chills. chills, chills. It's, it's incredible. And when I got pregnant with Goldie and I was explaining this thing that I'd gone, I'd gone through a couple months prior, it, it, it was that, that thing of Jemima becoming the age of my trauma. And it was so crazy. And that was the first time I'd ever heard of that. And it blew my mind because, I mean, it makes sense, but it's so it's so subconscious. I mean, there's no way to even know that unless you know it and you go through it, but it was, it, it blew my mind. So then did you start to do inner child healing work at that time? You know, not really, not yeah. deeply. I mean, I looked at that and then I, I, I didn't go deep, deep. I went deep enough where I was able to move through that episode. Mm-hmm. And, and realized that I had stuff to work on and that kind of thing. But I don't think I went, I didn't fully excavate it. It was when yeah. my brother died. And oh. so it was that age and and then, but it was represented in partnership. So it just came up this fire. It was like an yeah. energetic fire. I mean, there was no even words for it. I was just like pushing and like my, mm-hmm. my world ended. That's, my family ended that mm-hmm. I knew it at that age and then went on to something else. But- I mean, it's wild, but it's so helpful to know that. Yeah, I mean, it's, I had 
I had a lot of trauma, which is why, you know, I did a lot of work on myself and now hold space for others. But I'm not yet a parent. Um, And part of that was either unconsciously or consciously, sometimes I'm not even sure, knowing I needed to work on myself because I was I was just completely unmothered. I mean, I did not have, my mother was physically present and alive, but not, there, there's no connection. So it's like we, ca- we carry that within yeah. us and then that shapes our lens on the world. So especially prior to seven, zero to seven mm-hmm. are, you know, the core psychological years of development. So five is such a, tender age. So tender. Right. And it's like the more, the more conscious we are of, oh, I'm being triggered. You know, there's a saying, if it's hysterical, it's historical. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Which is like, so, wow. Yeah. It's interesting because even though I'm a psychological astrologer, what often happens in a session is I'll end up holding space for whatever whatever is present. Mm-hmm. So some some in some sessions I feel like there is there is something right. There's low hanging fruit. I never go digging, but I feel like there's low hanging fruit that sometimes is a blind spot. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I just mix metaphors, but I think you get what I mean. Um, and so we'll do work around what that is because that's the layer that's ready to be released. Right. And often in astrological transit, so what's happening currently in the sky and how it's affecting or hitting aspects in the chart will reveal that next layer. Mm-hmm. And so deep. that coincides with birth a lot or motherhood, mm-hmm. right? So those that material comes forward. And it's such a beautiful kind of structure to work with. I feel like before becoming a mom yeah, because it just, it's a way to excavate those layers because we don't always know a lot of layers, especially for people that didn't have major trauma. I mean, we all have traumas along the way that we take on in different ways and because of our own bodies, our own past, our own karma. But I think there's, there are plenty of people that don't have crazy traumas in their life, but there's so much underneath And so you kind of glide just thinking, oh, like life is good and life is happy, but there's so much under just based on lifetimes. Totally. And our family. And so I think it's such a nice way for people to kind of um, enter into that work. Because traumas lead us to deep work. But if you don't have all those traumas, sometimes you just kind of glide over. Completely. And also, you know, I I think the more you know yourself, the better off you are. Like as I was driving here, I'm listening. I've, this is the first time I've ever listened to a book because I'm such a mm. reader, but I, I'm i um, listening to Michelle Obama's Me book. too. We're in the same book club. <laughs> here we are. We're listening to it. <laughs> I love it so much. I love it. And I love how she's talking. She's so aware that she's a box checker and that, mm-hmm. you know, just at the point where she's, she's starting to fall in love with Barack Obama and just kind of that that awareness that she's a box checker and that he's not, and she's more conscious and aware of what everyone thinks of her. Knowing that going into motherhood can be enormously beneficial. And I think Mm -hmm. we'd be surprised how many of us are actually unaware or unself-aware, right? Mm -hmm. So if you know you're a box checker, if your kid colors outside the lines, that's going to be a trigger for you. And that may not be a big trauma. It just might be, this is my personality type, which means it's my personality type. It doesn't mean that it's going to be my child's. Yeah. Right? So I think even understanding that or knowing that can be- Oh, huge. Right? It's like, okay. Because what do they say? Control is the master um, addiction. Mm Mm-hmm. Preach. Right. That is so true. I find the hardest thing to implement all of this is just our society stuff, just like oh. getting to school on time at 8 a.m., you know, or it's just the doing. I feel like so much of, so many of us could, 
be so much calmer, so much less controlling if our society just supported it, if we all just could like ease up a little bit. But I guess that's the major challenge is to know these things, know these differences, and then just learn how to tune out the outer world a little bit. Because I feel like with me, it's hard for me to embrace all my differences and like come at it, be like, okay, Jemima or Goldie are doing it this way. That's triggering me. And if I wasn't so tired or if I didn't feel so much pressure to get out the door on time, I could be so much more conscious. But it's just, it's like within our framework Mm -hmm. doing that. Well, I think it's also, it's, it's not some, I mean, it can be tuning the world out, but I, I would look at it more as not looking at the way in which you're judging yourself mm-hmm. for not getting to school on time. And right. that probably has some, some origin stuff. Yes. of some kind, <laughs> right? So it's like, it, it's about seeing the world as your teacher, not as the world is right and I'm wrong, but- it has that that box checking. I should be at school on time. Holding that as truth is holding that as a judgment against yourself. So it's releasing the judgment against yourself first. Totally. Because that that's actually probably recreating the yeah. situation over Which and I over totally again. do. I mean, I just started Al-Anon, yeah. by the way, because I'm a Congratulations. child of alcoholics yeah. and I'm married to an alcoholic. <laughs> and so I'm starting Al-Anon. <laughs> it's amazing. But it's, it's so much that. It's that judgment for any of you out there that have family of addiction. We, we put so much pressure, like we have mm-hmm. to fix all of these things. So you just nailed, I mean, you know, the nail on the head. It's taking that pressure off myself and that judgment. Yeah, because it, it it's almost like the whole world, not in a narcissistic way or solipsistic way, but it's like the whole world is mirroring back to us. Mm-hmm. It gets really trippy if you start to really think about this, but is mirroring back to us our own inner reality, right? So there was a point in my life when I turned around and I was like, every woman that I feel very close to or connected to either has a deceased mother or absent mother. Mm. Oh my God. Like that, I unconsciously chose into those friendships because there was a familiarity mm-hmm. of experience, mm-hmm. right? Now I have, now I've broadened my horizons and and in mothering myself, mm-hmm. right? Have Have deepened and expanded those that I feel close to, but- there's something really interesting in it, right? It's yeah, like we very. choose into unconsciously. And so we do that tribally. Right. And what's familiar is not healthy, totally. but it's what's familiar. So we're attracted to it. Even when you think, I'm not marrying my dad. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to marry my dad. You will often marry many traits of that totally. male figure. 100%. Or vice versa, or if it's a woman or whatever. But not even, not, I, don't, I don't even think it's gender. I think it's sometimes mm-hmm. the parent- I think it was transparent in like the first season where the oldest daughter's character, I, th- I think it's transparent, could be totally wrong, where she says, this whole time I thought I married my mother, but I married my father or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we assume yeah, it's the opposite. The mm-hmm. I shouldn't have referenced that because I know it, but it's that mm-hmm. we sometimes assume it's the, it's the opposite sex parent. But sometimes it can be even be the same sex yeah. if if there's a deep trigger in there and we've taken on the opposite sexes, mm-hmm. you know, qualities. Like I am a, um, not to the extent of my mother because she's actually like severely OCD, but I am, I'm a bit of a neat freak, right? I like organized. And prior to moving to my partner, I really didn't own much stuff, right? Like it was very, everything was like bare and, and, Everything was like white and bare. I don't think I had any color, right? Mm-hmm. And I moved in with him and I was like, I got color and plants and all stuff. But he is, he is a pack rat. And I had so much resistance and so much resistance. And like fairly recently, I had a shift in my perspective, which is like, I love this person. And actually, the more resistance I have to this stuff, the more it's going to pile up. Mm. 
So I said, what is the feeling inside that I feel cluttered or suffocated? And I went inside and I did that work. And then all of a sudden I said nothing. He's like, I'm going to really start cleaning stuff out. Wow. I didn't say anything. Like I stopped Mm -hmm. saying something. (laughs) And I was like, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. It was like, it was mirroring to me that I, there was something inside of me that wasn't taking care of me. Yeah. And I feel like also a lot of times when we're taking on the role it you know of saying yeah. something, it just offers them a place to rebel. And then when you just are not invested anymore, they realize they don't want to either. One thousand percent. That is that is one of my biggest lessons up to this point mm-hmm. with my partner. It's like if I if I push, he will dig his heels yeah. in. But if I just if I just let it go, he'll what's find his, his sign. And what's He's a Sagittarius. Sign? This is weird. He's December fifteenth in New Zealand which is December 14th here. December 14th is my dad's birthday. And my grandfather, who I never met, was December 15th. My paternal grandfather. How weird is that? That's crazy. Wow. It's really weird. My husband and my mom are one day apart. See, it's like weird. It's It's not an accident. See, and your mom, same sex. Yeah. Yeah, that's that gives me a whole lot of other things to think about, Danielle. Thank you. <laughs> My meetings this week. Um, so going back a little bit to your story, as much as you feel like sharing, but how did you come to the point where you really owned that part of you not having a mother? And how did you take on coming back and mothering that part of you? Because you know, that's something I want this podcast to be is a place for all women to find ways to mother themselves, whatever part of the journey we are on as mothers. Yeah. I don't think it was like an aha moment. So I got into a really toxic relationship in my 20s with someone who is 15 years older, not because he was 15 years older, but just I was clearly looking because of I was in my early 20s and uh, I was definitely looking for that kind of parental mm-hmm. figure. But I I chose into someone who was an addict and 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 not not in recovery. Like mm-hmm. just and who was very abusive and manipulative. And I was convincing myself that he was going to figure it out and mm-hmm. we were going to be together. Mm-hmm. So you're going to take the lead from him. Totally. And also never stopping to think, wait a second, this is all an avoidance of intimacy. I mean, I was talking to him constantly and I was seeing him, but I was all, it was all hinging on the future. Like in the future, this is going to happen, right? Which was perfect way for my subconscious to say, you don't have to work on yourself. You don't have to take personal responsibility. You get to just live in this fantasy of this thing that's going to eventually pan out when he gets better. Not at all looking at the fact that I had so much unresolved material. So that that all blew up in my face. He had two girlfriends at once. And I was just prior to my Saturn return, which is a critical time in astrology, roughly 29 years old. And I was like... Okay, well, what am I going to do with my life? Because I'd been putting so much into this relationship, right? right? So I hadn't even really been focusing on my own. Were you in LA or New York? I was in LA. Mm -hmm. Um, And to his credit, he kept saying like, you should work on your career. Like, what do you want to do? But I I was all in avoidance. So I had been working in the industry, in the film industry. And I was like, I, I, I was looking around at everybody who was in charge, who was a boss. And I was like, I don't want any Mm -hmm. of those careers. I don't want to be any of those people. But I knew something, I knew enough to know I'm not healthy. Like that was, I knew enough. Mm -hmm. And so on a whim and on an intuitive hit, I signed up or I applied for this master's program in spiritual psychology. And there are a million roads to Rome, but for whatever reason, that was the course that I needed. Mm -hmm. And through my three years there, um, I started to really realize the the extent of the dysfunction that I was raised in. Mm. Um, and 
had to go through that. You know, I had been kind of in in and out of rage since I could remember, but I got to a place where semi pretty recently where I was no longer enraged, but in a kind of acceptance and not in like a, oh, this is total peace acceptance, but just, this is, this, this is my journey. This mm-hmm. is my soul's this journey. Happened. Mm-hmm. This happened. It is what it is. And through the course of that, and also just seeing it, I have two older sisters who are seven and 10 years older than me. My oldest sister is a mother of a 12-year-old and a nine-year-old. So I've seen it also through that lens, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen how unmothered my sisters were. And my oldest sister kind of played a maternal figure to me. So I, I kind of got, I got wind of it. It's like something is, something's off. Like I just knew something. And so it was through that, the course of that, that work that I really, I really started to look at it. And it's, it's not until very recently now being um, partnered for almost two years with someone who it's very real. I mean, I love him very much and we have, we have very good communication and he's very healing for me, but a, and a lot of the triggers in our relationship is more tribal than it is. Mm. Um, but, you know, just going, oh, okay. I, I could, I could see having a child with this person and working together to raise a child in the healthiest way possible. And I was not, I was not capable yeah, of that. I mean, you, you don't know, right? Because if if I had had a child, I, I don't know. It might have sped up the healing. So I don't know. But for me, I was starved. Mm-hmm. So I needed to eat. Yeah, you know, before yeah. I before I could give. But I, but I kind of my work is kind of about mothering. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. Totally. You know, or providing that kind of unconditionally loving or holding mm-hmm. a space for them to hold it for themselves as yeah. I had to learn to do for myself. And without judgment. It, that's what I love about it too. It's just, no, these are these are just things and these are the personalities and these are the traits and these yeah. are ways to work with them if you want. Totally. And I, you know, it's hard for me on Mother's Day when I see moms mm-hmm. who are, not moms, when I see women who are like, my mom is the best mom and I have the best relationship and I get to travel the world with my mom and I get, or she is so present. I mean, that's hard for me every Mother's Day, mm. you know? And I have a physically living mother. So it's not like, oh, I'm healed. And it's, right. it's and it's, it, nor is it like, feel sorry for me. It's just, that's just... Yeah, that's part of journey. your story. Your yeah, journey. I got other, I got amazing other things. I do have a pretty phenomenal father. So I got really blessed in that way. Um, he's definitely flawed, but I, you know, whereas I see other people don't have a paternal figure. My dad was more of more of my rock, even though he had some rage stuff and that wasn't perfect either. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's, so I think this idea also that we sell bliss or perfection is is just it's dangerous and it's untrue. Yeah. And I do think some people are for whatever reason if their lots are easier mm-hmm. in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And hey, my lot is you know I got it pretty great in yeah. a lot of ways. So I think I think it's looking at looking at the whole of the mess and the beauty and the complexity and just letting it be mm-hmm. what it is. And I think as women, we rebirth ourselves yeah. at different periods as well. And I so agree with that. I mean, I, I believe in reincarnation. So I feel like that helps me mm-hmm. make sense of it because I feel like so many people, you know, we we kind of want to disclaim or make disclaimers before we're complaining about something because we also know how horrible so many people in this world have it all the time. And mm-hmm. it can feel like we're kind of complaining over like a stupid stupid stuff or, you know, but yeah. it's, it's not, it's our experience mm-hmm. and owning it. And so we can learn the lessons and not have to repeat it next time around or, totally. you know, and it's, and I think honoring that too of like, 
I probably had it a lot harder in a lot of other mm-hmm. lifetimes. And yeah, you know, so it's just, it's all learning. I think if we, and you know, I love how you bring that to your astrology work is it's just, it's all learning, it's all information and it will lead you down a path of healing if you're really open to it. And I think the more that women do it before they even want to get pregnant, it's it just will create so much more happiness in the family. Like the more work you do, I mean, for us, for yourself, but then also for your family, totally. uh, you know, helping you get pregnant in the first place. Because I think there's so much there. I feel like so much of our infertility is just pain and trauma, physical and mental. Totally. And I, you know... Yeah, I think that that whole thing of beating ourselves up for being upset about something in our lives when we know, you know, other people have it so much rough. I my take on that is that does nothing for them. And it's right. it's also it's not allowing like mm-hmm. I had a client recently who um she was like I I want to make a lot of money so I can give it away. And I was like I hear that, Mm -hmm. but the first thing underneath that that I hear is that you don't feel worthy Mm -hmm. of having abundance for yourself. Mm -hmm. So the only way that your subconscious would be okay with you receiving money is if your intention is to give it all away. So you're already operating from a place of Mm -hmm. not enough. And so why is the universe going to give it to you? Because you're not even really seeing yourself as a worthy vessel in the first place. Mm. And I was like, an aha. That's so deep. <laughs> oh my God, for women's work and women's worth. Oh my God. Right. And because so, I fall into some of that too. I think a lot of us do, yeah. or guilt about, you know, but it's all just an energetic exchange. And mm-hmm. so somehow we're okay with men going to work and. You know, like if they're in finance, they're literally moving money around, making money off of money. And somehow that's okay. Right. But holding space for a woman to give birth, I don't know if I should. I don't know if I I can afford it. Yes, I could talk for five (laughs) hours about that. You know, it's a whole thing. It's a real thing of honoring the work that Mm -hmm. we do that's really making an impact. And that's why, like, I'm so passionate about doing postpartum workshops now and really getting the education even before you're pregnant. So you can save, mm-hmm. and you can prioritize and you know, think about not spending $1,000 on that pair of shoes mm-hmm. or that designer dress and hire yourself a postpartum doula or mm-hmm. a birth doula. You know, and it's, it's, it's really looking at the longevity of your life and your health and your mm-hmm. self-worth. I think there's a whole thing happening now around... Women, obviously, with Me Too and Times Up and all that, but women claiming their worth yeah. in that way, hugely. It's and you know the astrology of that is interesting because it's it's in a woman's chart and also just all the messaging that we're told. And then also, I think like that whole journey from you know into motherhood and if if you've been as a lot of women have been primed to like your whole purpose is to get married and have babies mm-hmm. right it's like according to whom like right. who invented that yeah and so getting that's the other thing that i love about astrology it's like getting to be who who you are giving yourself permission to be who you are right like i have if I have a client who has a ton of fire and air, so quote unquote masculine planets, they're like, no, I want to be feminine and flowy. But who is that? Right. Who, is there only one way to be feminine? Because right. I'm I'm not sure I'm, that's true. Totally. I'm actually positive that's not true. Yeah. Right. So we get into these internal gender wars within ourselves mm-hmm. that also are just, are so, I just feel like we spend so much time fighting who we are. Yeah, and we're not just embracing it. And I love that you bring up that point because I feel like that's a very trendy thing yeah. right now. Of like, I've got to step out of my masculine <laughs> and get in my feminine. And and I've thought, I mean, over years, people have given me that advice in my marriage or whatever. Like, you just need to wear more dresses and that will fit. You know, it's like, that's not accurate. I like to wear pants and I'm very feminine in many ways, but it, it's really a thing. Like you could Instagram it and it's yeah. like stepping into my feminine, look at this new dress. And it's just, it's so one-sided or it's not even, it's just, it's inane. 
to me. Yeah. So I'm really glad you brought that up because I feel like people, these tools that are supposed to help us are actually almost being putting more pressure on us to be what we're not. I mean, 100%. That's just frustrating. It's like, and you can be in dresses and yet have a very linear mind, mm-hmm. which is not wrong. It's no. a beautiful, you know, yeah. linear minds, you know, are needed in this world just as nonlinear minds are yeah. needed, right? But it's like, it's, it's, not it's white just or so black. indicative of yeah. where we are as a culture. We are like a total breaking point where it's like, look at what our media has reflected mm-hmm. back to us about our value system. Yeah. Look at it. It's like, it's all, it's all out of whack. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's Everything is me. being kind of debunked right now. I mean, it's like, what, what's even And it's uncomfortable. So I feel like- Totally. We're just in a weird, weird place in history. And it's very exciting because so much is changing, but it's yeah. also very uncomfortable. I mean, I just, I- I so wonder about these babies who are being born now, Mm -hmm. right? Because they're also seeing such a different, they're going to grow up with such a different paradigm. Yeah. So they're seeing women come into their own and own themselves, whomever they are, whatever their expression is in such a different way. And what's that going to lead to? Yeah. But yeah, I just, I basically think that we take anything that we can as a way to shit on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just like, I think that's like, yeah. I feel like 90% of what happens in a session, it'll, at some point I will say, so you're just using that to shit on yourself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I use nicer terms if I'm, if I'm you know, but basically it's yeah. like, why? Why yeah. are you doing that? Yeah. Does that, because I think it's that whole thing of like, it's somehow f- we feel like we're working or doing something right if we are chastising ourselves, mm-hmm. like we are, we are earning yeah. our keep. Yeah. Cause totally. what would it be like? It's so radical to be like, no, I like myself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. And like, and not <laughs> needing to Instagram it. Right. You know, it's not that there's anything wrong with Instagramming it, but yeah. just saying like, no, I just like myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you can have an experience without a photograph of it. One of the, one of the people in this like general space that I just, I, I marvel at her beauty is Elizabeth Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sure there's a single person in the public space who is so raw, so vulnerable, and so willing to just say, here I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, there's no branding there. That no. is just like, a soul living out loud. And she continuously ah. changes up her life big time, overhauls ah. it with such fierceness and, and vulnerability too. Oh, I just, I, I, just th- I just think she's like truly an exquisite soul. Mm-hmm. Like I really, I feel like she's really serving a purpose mm-hmm. by being exactly who she is and her journey. I've never met her, but I just... Yeah, I'm I'm just and like far beyond like eat pray love like mm. her current her current grief over her partner who she, you know I who she lost to cancer. I just yeah, I just think she's she's really an exquisite. Yeah. So I unfollowed a lot of people cuz yeah. I like went <laughs> real minimal cuz of that reason. Yeah. I just needed to like Get shutters it. on too much, mm-hmm. just extra, but I need to refollow her because I really did love. She, or just like even she did a recent moth where she told the story uh, of um, when her partner passed. It's like, just listen to that. Mm-hmm. Like that's, okay. it's just like, it's so mm. exquisite. But I think, um, I just think there's just, we're in a culture that, that, um, I guess cultures have always done this, right? We we idolize um, the golden statue versus mm-hmm. the thing itself. Yeah, like I, it's like it it. We just retell the same stories over and over and over again. Right? Totally. It's like Moses and that and that golden calf. Right? And we also, in our society, put so much um, focus on the youth. Oh, and. That's 
Youth are awesome. We all were youth. We all were young. It's great to have that optimism and that searching. But like we were talking about a little bit before we started the podcast, it leaves no room for the the journey of being on a path or being a healer or whatever your path is or a PhD or whatever. You need the time to to learn and own it. And, you know, there's that that phrase of being like sophomoric, like sophomore in college, you know, and just like being so excited. You're so passionate and we need that fire, but then also grain of salt, like (laughs) you're 19. (laughs) So, I mean, a lot changes. I'm 41 now. I'm very different after turning 40 and having Mm -hmm. two kids and being a partner than I was at 25. And it's it's not better or worse. It's just, I've been on this path longer and just with the whole Instagram and yeah. following all these young people that constantly change even what their message is. Like it's all part of it, but it's just, it's so confusing. It's just a confusing time because the masses are taking all this advice from people that have just maybe read about it. They haven't studied it. They mm. haven't owned it. And it's, so just also knowing that you're on your own path. Totally. You don't need to follow what anyone else is doing. Just learn your thing and stick with it. And that's one thing I love about going to Spirit Weavers, the mm-hmm. you know the female yeah. retreat, is there are so many OG healers. They are not on Instagram. No. They're in their 60s. They've been doing this forever. And it's so not an un- ego at all. And it's just like this fresh air for me to to be in that, you know? It's, it's so I just, yeah, we are definitely ageist yeah. in our culture. And I- I think there's, there, like I said, there's this point it's called Saturn return that happens yeah. at 29. And that's a real, astrologically, it's the marker of the beginning of adulthood. And then roughly seven years later, you have Saturn square, Saturn. Mm. And then roughly seven years after that, you have the square again. And where, I mean, you have another, so it's another seven years. So you have the opposition to the to your Saturn point. So that's why the classic midlife crisis mm-hmm. happens kind of in the early forties. And what it really is, is like a calling forward, mm-hmm. right? So you've had roughly 14 years of adulthood. Mm-hmm. And that's and, when you, a lot of times do all the stuff yes. with babies yes. and yeah. Yeah. So that's also why I love astrology because- everybody has their own path Mm -hmm. and their own journey. We're not all meant to do a certain thing at a certain time. Right. Right. Grandma Moses was painting at like 90, right? Yeah. Yeah. So is everything kind of in seven year? So that's the Saturn. And you know, it it lines up with psychology. Like the first seven years are foundational. And then you reach 14. It's like the first level of real first rebellion. You're in Mm -hmm. your adolescence, 21 you probably left the house. Well, now millennials are stacked mm-hmm. with debt. So less likely, right. but you know, going off to college, all of that. And then 28, 29 is when you become an adult, right? So it does line up. And then do you have a second Saturn return? Yeah. Like close to 50, uh, yeah, 60? Like, yeah, exactly. Just shy, yeah. So- And what is that one? Well, it's like- kind of similar? What did you learn or not learn mm-hmm. the first time around? But it's usually less challenging mm-hmm. unless you've- really been asleep. But the first one is usually tough. And for some people it's not tough. And then it, yeah, life, life hits us at some point, Mm -hmm. right? It's peaks and valleys. And so it, it it weaves its way into us one way or another. No one walks away unscathed and nor should you, because then there's no learning. There's no growth. To me, that's like the richness and the, the meatiness of it all. So if you had like a new mom mm-hmm. that wanted some guidance from you, mm-hmm. do you recommend, or like maybe what are the differences, not necessarily what you recommend, but like a reading just herself or with her new baby or with partner or the whole constellation of the family? Like how how do you kind of start into this process? Well, it depends if, if they're doing a briefer half hour session mm-hmm. or an hour session. And I may, I may start to release the half hour sessions. I'm not sure because I really do like the meteor work and the meteor work happens when there's more, but, but not yet. Just kind of toying with that idea, but it's, it's helpful. It's really helpful to have the parents chart as well, but sometimes I'll just do, you know, sometimes I'll do a write-up or it's, 
but I do prefer, I like to have the parent, at, at least the parent who's reaching out. Yeah. Um, I like to have their chart. And then kind of look at the overlays because like I said, the child in a vacuum doesn't. Right. And I almost feel like for me personally, because I we did a session when Jemima was a baby. I don't even remember yeah. when that was. <laughs> oh, you know what? We did one, I think, after my dad died. That's what it was. We did. Yeah. We did. Which was three and a half years ago, yeah. almost four years ago. And we did, I think we just like a brief mm-hmm. of all my family, but I think it's time. I want to do like a full session with you. And then now that Goldie Wolf is here too, and how, like how the her siblings. chart and how it comes in and the siblings, because I really feel like they're so connected that mm-hmm. I really feel like Jemima called her in totally. more than me because I was not planning on a second. <laughs> so it wasn't me. Um, but the, you know what? There was a part, like I knew there was a little girl that was in the wings. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think I was going to bring her in this lifetime. I thought she was there just as a guide. So it's just interesting, but I, I yeah. really would like to see now how like our family unit is more complete. It's, it's, it's wild. Mm. Like it, it surprises me. Like even when I'll read it and they'll be like, yeah, that's exactly what that kid is like, what my kid is like. And is it really common? So I don't remember everyone's right now, but like between David, Jemima and me, we all had similarities yeah. of the same sign, but in different houses. Yeah. Okay. So that's just that's always, very is that common. kind of always how it is or no? Not always, but it's, it's very common to have okay. overlaps. And because like I said, the things that often trigger us the most, we have within us. Mm-hmm. We also have every sign within us because we have we have 12 houses and each of those houses is that house cusp. Each house cusp is ruled by a different sign. So we, we have all the signs within us, just some are more dominant than others. Gotcha. It's but so fascinating. It really, I don't know and very much about it. But. The layers of it. And I think ultimately it's like, there's something kind of paradoxical in what I do. Cause in some ways I'm saying like here, okay, here's a roadmap and yet you can transcend it. You can see it from a bird's eye view and you can shift the expression of the energy, right? Are you, what are you playing into? And also stay in the here and now mm. because the future is shaped by the present. Right. So like I was saying with the guy that I dated in my 20s, had I said, no, I own myself much earlier, I don't know what could have transpired. Right. So, no, it's kind of like, well, was it dictate? Because it all went down around my Saturn return. Mm. Right. So it's it's an interesting mix of nature and nurture, but also to be really present in the now. Mm-hmm. Thing I say, I say to my clients who have very strong Neptune or Pisces, be careful, be careful of carrot danglers. So those who say in the future, whether it's work or partnership or, because that is usually a, um, the universe is saying, are you waiting on that thing or are you living in your mm-hmm. integrity now? Mm-hmm. If that thing is meant for you, it will come back around. Mm-hmm. And just take what is mm-hmm. in front of you. Mm-hmm which we don't do. It's so bizarre. (laughs) We just don't want to be in the present. Well, because our entire culture is also all about advertising. Like you're not okay until you have this thing. Yeah, You're incomplete until you have this thing. So we're fed that. Yeah. And then another question I have for you is, and you don't have to go into the whole story. I did hear your whole story on Lacey Phillips' podcast, which was awesome to hear how you called in your partner or manifested your partner, which is a great for anyone that wants to listen. Danielle's been on quite a few podcasts. You can get all of her different aspects of her life. Did you, when you guys were connected and knew it was going to move forward, did you like do his chart and figure out how you guys would be compatible or not compatible? This is really funny. So on our second date, he didn't really know. He didn't really, he wasn't really taking in what I did. And he's like not really into it. I mean, we like argued about it early on. And I, I actually really appreciate that. Cause I think if I were with someone who were like, what, is it a good time to do this? I think that would drive me mad. Yeah. Um, so I was like, so what time? Cause I, I had asked him his birthday and I, I, I noted it because it was my dad and my grandpa. Right. I was like, what time were you born? And he just told me 
And then later he's like, oh, you're going to go look at my chart. You're going to look at my chart. And the one thing that I can say is every guy, man, et cetera, that I had ever been involved with, and it always was terrible for me, was that they had Venus in Aquarius. That's not all. I'm not saying all Venus in Aquarius guys are, but for, for me, you, yeah. it was like, it, it was kryptonite. And so I was like, he has Venus in Capricorn, oh, no. oh. which is like, so, you know, drawn to the idea of a really stable long-term relationship, likes women who have drive, doesn't like the flash. Like it was not detached rooted, committed. And I was like, and also my seventh house and my moon are in um, Capricorn. So like that, I was like, no matter what, I've broken the cycle. That's so awesome. You know, I've broken the pattern. Yeah. But yeah, I'd never, I'd never been with anyone with his combo of energy. I mean, I'd That's always, so cool. always, always been with the unavailable. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it was more like he just felt different. Mm -hmm. You know, he was just, his love language is acts of service and like never had someone who's so like present. Mm -hmm. Like within our first, I remember first couple weeks of dating, down to a crazy accident. So I didn't have a car, but I was using my sister's car and I was like, she's going to be home from her work trip. And I didn't get her car wash. And he, it was like 11 at night. He's like, well, I'll come pick you. I know you haven't slept, so I'll come pick you up. I'll go wash it at one of those like things Aww. and I'll have you back in bed by midnight. I was so like, sweet. what? Yeah. And that's what? so healing when you haven't had that. It's like, my husband's the same way. And to have that energy is really, really healing. I mean, that is better than... Yeah. Any piece of jewelry to me yeah. or any bouquet of flowers. Yeah, you're like, anything. what? You're going to do what? <laughs> I mean, he just does. He just like is very, mm-hmm. he's very um, nurturing and caring in that way. Which is but good anyway. daddy material too. Yeah, totally. And he's, he's, he's way better with kids than I am. He's amazing with kids. Um, but, there, but there is, yeah. So in astrology, I think that's an, something that's important to bring up is that if we're drawn to the same pattern mm-hmm. over and over again, and it's not working, there's some lesson that we probably haven't integrated. Yeah. And that's just owning it. You mm-hmm. know, it's just, it's not, we spend so like how many years have we spent just bitching about that guy mm-hmm. over and over <laughs> and over? And it's just, uh, sometimes I look back and I'm just like, I want all that time back. Like, I just want that time back. I wish I didn't even try, but you just, you know, you have to because you learn and then you move on. But I mean, just, but if I had just been tuned in more like, oh, I'm literally creating the same pattern. <laughs> I shouldn't go on that third date or whatever, you know? It's like that huck though. Yeah. Hmm. Is there anything else that we were talking about before we recorded? I can't, we, we, get, we covered so many good things. I think, I mean, at the, at the deepest root of it, it's like looking for the gem, meaning looking for whatever struggle is present, looking for what it's meant to teach you, mm-hmm. right? Diamonds are created under pressure. Stones are created under pressure. So what's, what layers are being chafed off mm-hmm. um, instead, of, instead of being in resistance, instead of saying this is wrong or life would be better if this weren't happening, go deeper into it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I needed to hear that today. Thank you so much. So my pleasure. And it's so beautiful to see. I mean, we've known each other probably for- A decade. No, not that long. I don't think so. No, like five years, half a decade. Really? Yeah. It feels like a decade. I didn't Jemima meet you seven. around 2010? Paula? Mm, you know, it might have been 2000. No, it was probably like 2013. But that's, yeah. 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 It's a while. Yeah. It's all a blur. It's all a blur. I mean, please, it's all a blur. I only know that because I know I've met you when Jemima was a certain age because that's when I met Paula. Right. We did teacher training together. I mean, that was such a magical time when you and Paula did the moon circles. And it was so, you know, there's so many of us new moms that so needed that support and that time and space to come and be with other women. It was magical. It really, I was having nostalgia for it. Me too. Even though like so much, I was surrounded by all these new moms and like my life was so unformed and I had so many feelings about that and yet was like knew I was exactly where I was supposed to be. I have like, 
I've I've had such nostalgia for that period recently. Yeah, me too. It was so beautiful. But I think, you know, you brought so much. I mean, I can speak to this personally. I mean, you just brought so much in because it wasn't just a sharing circle of where we are, which that's great too, but you really applied tools that were like manageable and doable. So I really thank you. And it was such a special, wonderful time. So my pleasure. It's really like where I seated all of this. I know. And so it's just amazing to see Bloom. It's like your your gangbusters packed, booked, fully booked all over the I mean all over the globe. Yeah. It's amazing. It's crazy. But so, not in a way where people like for some reason I seem to fill up on that week or the week okay. before. So okay, it's good not to like know. I think is the nature of astrology. It's not it's like people reach out when they need guidance. So it's not like I'm I'm booked out 4 months in advance at all. Okay. But yeah, it like it packs up every week. So how do people find you? Just my website, daniellebeinstein.com. Okay. All right. And And are you your name on Instagram? At Danny Beinstein. At Danny. Okay. Thank you. I love you. I'm so grateful for you to come and talk and weave your words of wisdom. Oh, so grateful. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.